Welcome to the 46th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host and Eastside Mario strategist, Adrian Pinter. How does it go, sir? General Kenobi, it goes quite well. How are you, my friend? I'm okay. Oh, that's good to hear, Simon. I, uh, I, uh, that, that's great to hear. Just okay? I pretty much say I'm okay every week. Yeah, I don't know, I know if you noticed. I, I do notice. I just want you to be better sometimes. You know what I mean? I want you to feel better than okay. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, what's new? What What have you been up to, my friend? Not much, honestly. Again, stuck inside. Just doing the same old, same old thing. Going to work, mm-hmm. coming home, watching movies, watching TV shows, playing video games. Nice, nice. I've been That's doing it. that uh, as well this week. I, I got to go back to work finally. God, I am so happy about that. Yeah. I'm... Uh, I'm done my COVID quarantine from last, uh, I want to say, was it Monday, I believe? Um, and uh, yeah, I'm back at work. I'm happy to be there. I'm I'm finally around people safely, you know, keeping our distance, wearing our masks and all that stuff. But it's uh, it's fantastic. Uh, I'm, I'm just glad to be out of my basement. <laughs> um, That's great. For, for, That's for great. two weeks straight. Um, I have my vaccine booked for next Wednesday, or I guess oh. in a couple of days from when this episode airs, I should say. Yeah. Even better, even better. I've got mine booked for a couple of weeks from now. I planned it out to go with my girlfriend at the same time. She's a little bit scared of the needles. So mm. I uh, we decided to go on the same day. That's our plan anyway. That's nice. Yeah, that's pretty good. I don't think you can go into the room together though. Can you? Um. Well, you can go. Uh, there's something about support or something like that on the website for the Guelph, Guelph needle people. That's nice. Like, well, needle yeah. people, they're just so understanding. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you can go in the room together. I don't know. But you can definitely sit before the room. Together. I think. I'm not, now I'm not 100% sure. I'll have to look into that. Well, I guess as we get closer to the vaccine, or, you, or I guess you're going to literally get it soon. So that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going by yeah. myself right after work. Bada boom, bada bing, get a shot in my arm. And then, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then I got 18 more booked right after, which is awesome. So it bounces out. 18? Yeah. 18 what? On the 18th? No, like vaccines booked. You get it 19 times. It's COVID-19. The vaccine no, minus think... is 19, and then it equals zero. So I think there might be COVID zero. No, no. No, you're supposed to only get it once. Twice, mm. actually. Which one did you, Which one are you getting? Oh, you don't know yet. I don't know yet. Uh, it's yeah. Pfizer or Moderna. I'm fine with either. Maximum is twice. It'd be very unhealthy to get it 19 times. Mm. Okay. Actually, it might not be. Maybe it would be better. I'm not sure. But I, I wouldn't waste the supply. Yeah. I guess I should give it to the other people hanging around looking for their vaccination. But yeah, I'm pretty excited. It's uh the end is in sight. I don't want to bring up COVID, but it it finally feels like the end is in sight. Um there's a light at the end of the tunnel. We're getting there slowly but surely, but it's just finally just nice to know that uh I'm almost there. I could feel yeah, it. Th- theoretically, I yeah. feel like it could anything can happen to just prolong this even further. So I, I don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, jinx it, but maybe maybe it's almost over. Knock on wood, man. Knock on wood. Are you superstitious? No, I'm just stitious. Oh, 
isn't the line, but I am a little stitious from the office. Ah, yeah. Ah, I, I set you up there. I set you up there and you failed, but it's okay. Don't worry about it, man. Eat anything good recently? No. Oh, okay. I had a burrito bowl on. today. Oh, okay. How was the burrito bowl, Adrian? It was fine. It was fine. I got a, I, it was a buy one, get one offer. So I had a burrito bowl yesterday and then uh, extra for today's lunch. Anyways, from where? It. Where did you get it? Fresh burrito in uh, Kitchener. Pretty good. Oh. Pretty good. Not Is exceptional. That not a chain? I haven't heard of that place before. Um, I, I don't know. It's probably just a franchise. Like, I don't think it's a chain. Uh, I think they opened one in Guelph because one of our mutual friends, he messaged me saying that he got fresh burrito. And I was like, hmm. And then I, I opened my food ordering application and there was an offer for fresh burrito. And I was like, the stars aligned. I'm going to do this. But a boom, but a bing. I got a nice burrito bowl, chicken burrito bowl. It was good. It was good. I'd order there again. I like how you're differentiating for some reason the difference between chain and franchise. Yeah. I mean, there is a difference. I meant more like, is it a family owned business or is it a, you know, a conglomerate? Mm. That's what I meant. I see. So you're saying they're franchised out. Yes. So they're not owned by the same family or people. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Do you understand how franchises work? I do. I just don't understand why you're differentiating it. It's an, uh, it's an odd conversation. Because there's a difference. I just feel like there's a difference to it. Yeah, I, I know. I just think you misunderstood my question, but that's fine. Let's move on to the show corrections for from last week. Really, this segment is the whole point of it is to take a look at our past weeks and find errors, uh, errors to our ways, things we said that were incorrect, and just correct them on this segment of the show. I made a couple mistakes last week. Or we both made one. I'm not sure. Anyway, regardless, I talked about uh, specifically Steven Soderbergh, who's the director of Ocean's Eleven, and he actually de- uh, produced actually the Oscars for the 2021 Oscars Academy Awards. And I think we said, I'm pretty sure we said that Ocean's Eight was directed by Steven Soderbergh. That is not correct. He did not direct it. Ocean's Eight, the more recent Ocean's film, was actually directed by Gary Ross and produced by Soderbergh. So I just want to get get that out of the way. If anyone noticed that error on our show, no one wrote into us. So thanks a lot, guys. Um, I just wanted to say that. Okay. Yeah. And I got one more correction. And this is actually on you, I'm pretty sure. But we talked about last week, we talked about how um, Avengers, the Avengers film, is going to actually be on Paramount+. Plus which didn't mm-hmm. make a lot of sense to me at, at the time. And then you said, well, it's because Paramount owns the rights to the Incredible Hulk. That's not true. Universal owns the rights to the Incredible Hulk. And that's why the Incredible Hulk hasn't really had very many standalone movies. Or It has, but it's been a really rocky, rocky adventure to get other standalone movies as an example with Mark Ruffalo. Regardless, Universal is the one that owns them, not Paramount, different companies. But the main thing was why... I mean, the main question was last week, why is Avengers going to Paramount Plus? It is available on Disney Plus. The reason why it's also available on Paramount Plus is because, believe it or not, I thought I found this surprising, but first Avenger, Iron Man, Iron Man 2, and Avengers, the 2012 Avengers, they had rights to those films, apparently, which is crazy. And the relationship with Disney and Marvel between Paramount, Disney, and Marvel ended in 2012. And so that's why they apparently had or have now the rights to place it on their own streaming service, Viacom CBS's streaming service, Paramount Plus, which we talked about last week is getting thousands of movies in the upcoming weeks and months and is getting somehow in 2022 a movie a week, which seems very ambitious for a brand new streaming service. But uh, I guess we'll we'll find out if they accomplish that. Mm. Yeah. I guess we will. Indeed. Indeed. Thanks for correcting and clarifying. 
pal. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. No worries. Do you have anything to add in terms of our corrections or anything about that specifically? About the no. Paramount Universal Incredible Hulk? Anything like that? No, I don't. Excellent. <laughs> okay. Yeah, man. Wow. Incredible. Yeah, what have you been watching? Um, I've been watching a few things, actually. I actually did watch The Mitchells versus the Machines, which you recommended Ooh. last week. Yeah. Yeah, what did you think? I actually started recommending it to everyone at work as well. I, I really yeah. love it. I thought it was fin- fantastic. Like, it's superb. Um, I think that the voice acting is really good. Uh, it's extremely funny. The animation is very unique, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And... uh yeah, it's just a very fun, very quick-witted good time. And it is very emotional as well. I, I feel like mm-hmm. I've been shedding too many tears lately. I, I shed a tear during this film as well. Yeah, man, I did too. I did too. That, 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 there's, you're not to blame, man. You're not to blame. You're not to blame. Just an emotional movie. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. It's good. Good voice cast. Good voice cast too. Yeah, man, I, I agree completely. I, I think, uh, yeah, they really knocked it out of the park with this movie. And I, I love it. I'd love to see more from these writers and uh, and. and even a sequel to this movie, I'd be more than happy to see. I don't know how you do it, but yeah, it's just fantastic. I'm glad you liked it, man. You mentioned last week as well that it's a it's almost like a rival to a Pixar film in a in a way, and that it's it's mm-hmm. almost like it's like the caliber of like a a soul or a, a Inside Out. Maybe I don't know. You might say yeah. But um, interestingly, this is the same. This is Sony Pictures Animation or whatever, and they obviously made the award winning film Into the Spider Verse. Yeah. And so I feel like they got a good track record going lately with their animation studios. Like, I'm curious what Sony is going to do going forward because, well, this was also, by the way, it was produced by um, those two fellas, Miller and what's the other guy? Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Yes. Right. Right. Who did that? Lord and Miller. They actually directed that film, but they, Mm -hmm. they produced this one. And I, I wonder again, like what's, what's next in the Sony animation studios? repertoire like i'm kind of curious like well into the spider verse 2 right like we know we're getting that um yeah. but yeah like i know like what new original content like what are they going to come up with and come out with because yeah i don't know like right now they're two for two uh i feel like they're like two two for two and at a very high level like both these movies i think are phenomenal um so i'm very curious what they can uh, come out with like is do you think it's lord and miller that are bringing kind of like that special sauce that extra bit um or not, not as much. You think it's uh, just Sony selecting the right people for the right project? They seem to be at the top. I, I mean, it's not just the producers, certainly that that I had a hand in this. But mm-hmm. it's hard for us to know. Like we don't, we're not in this industry, really. I mean, we don't know for sure. I mean, we're in the industry. We're deep in the industry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, of yeah. course. Right here in Canada, in the great mm-hmm. town of Guelph, Ontario. We just know yeah. everything that's happening in this. Hey, man, they they uh, they recorded an episode of Titans here recently, um, or part of an episode of the DC show Titans that's on HBO Max and then Netflix everywhere else around the world, as well as they were filming an episode of Murdoch Mysteries. I heard about that. That that that's yeah. been ongoing. Mm-hmm. I'm fairly certain they've filmed Murdoch Mysteries around this part of town, part of the part of part of Ontario. Yeah, uh, they. When I lived in Brantford briefly, yeah, they recorded there. Oh, yeah. Wow. Interesting. Very. Uh, I was going to tell a ridiculous story, but I may as well do it. Brantford, the uh, Brampton, we have towns in Ontario called Brampton and Brantford. A mutual mm. friend of ours and another mutual friend of ours, they work together and I work with them. You don't work with them. This is this is this part's not that important to the story, but regardless, we're all working um, 
actually, I wasn't working that day. Regardless, the whole point was the one guy said to the other guy, "Hey, you can go get your vaccination at at this at this place." Like, I don't know if you know mm-hmm. this, Adrian, but in multiple places in like the high COVID areas, like for instance, Brampton, yeah, uh, near Toronto, are just basically giving out vaccines. You could just go anytime. So like the yeah yeah there's like an Islamic center there that was just giving out vaccines and they're they're very efficiently run apparently and the the lines were just moving smoothly. I was actually tempted to go, but it was literally the last day of my lockdown. Right, so um, you couldn't go. Or like my quarantine period. Yeah, that day. But they apparently like on Twitter are are advertising that you can just go to this anytime, which is kind of cool. Uh-oh. It's just it felt yeah. out of out of place for me to go to a city to a town that I was not living in, that's high risk area. To go get a vaccine, it seems kind mm-hmm. of counterintuitive. Like I, I feel like I'll, I'll more likely get COVID than it, not necessarily, but they they need it right now, and so I, I figured that that would not be a good idea. Regardless, who cares? Point was, the one guy tells the other guy, "Yeah, you can go to this town to get it," and he asked for, the other guy asked for clarification, and he's like, "Oh, you're talking Brantford, the Brantford Islamic Center," and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, it's the Islamic Center." This guy, his name is. His name is Martin. He then I knew drive. it, dude. I knew it. That he's the worst with names in general. So I no, fucking knew no. It. He asked for clarification. Oh, and the other guy oh. whose name was Peter. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he did not tell him the correct. He's like, yeah, yeah, the Islamic Center. And he's mm-hmm. like, are you sure? And he shows him a map. Martin asks, shows him a map, and he he literally drives the opposite direction of Bram- Brampton. To go to Brantford Islamic <laughs> Center, some random Islamic center. He searched a random Islamic center, showed him the map, and he said, "Yeah, yeah, the Islamic Center." <laughs> and he <laughs> That's drove awesome. all the way there, and it's this derelict building that apparently hasn't been open in some time. And so he goes there to go get a vaccine, and he's like trying to open the door. It's like chained. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and, and so then he and then he's like, "This isn't the right place." The funny thing is that other people at my work at the time, they're very lenient. They're, they were nice and they were basically, they were just covering for each other, which was great. They were mm-hmm. sent, they sent someone else to this Islamic center at the same time or right after. And he went to Brampton, got his shot and got back. And Martin still hadn't come back at all. And he left <laughs> first. And there were thought that he just ditched. Like he just like left work. He's like, oh, that's it. He left work and didn't, didn't return. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, good. Free, free day. I'm just going to get paid. Anyway. <laughs> That's it funny. It was not ideal, but he did get there. Funny thing is the guy who got there first, he got there and he was in and out in, in 20 minutes, 20 minutes. Martin finally gets to Brampton and there's a line that wraps the building and he's in line for two hours. <laughs> it's like, what are the chances of this? <laughs> he had the worst luck in the history of history of man. Anyway, I just thought that was funny. Yeah, that is pretty funny. Peter's actually the friend that had fresh burrito. That messaged me about it. Oh wow! There's lots of connections here on this podcast for mm-hmm. people that this our audience probably know nothing about. Yeah, I'm sure they're so interested in their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, write into us if you got the vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. What were we talking about? Oh yeah, things we've been watching this week. Yeah, Mitchell's yeah. versus the Machines was unbelievable. It's so great. Watch it if you have not. It's on Netflix. It's worth the watch. That is what I will say. And honestly, it's got a good shot of winning. At the Oscars, I must say. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly uh, fun, good time. The animation is awesome. They have this weird mix-up of animation, too. Like, they even throw, like, live-action type 
yeah. photos. It was actually jarring. My girlfriend did not like it. Mm. She actually didn't like it the whole way through. She was kind of thought it was in some parts. I was like, I was laughing and I looked over at her to see if she would, she would like lighten up during the course of the movie. And she was kind of lukewarm on the whole movie at the end. But anyway. Oh, boo. Yeah. But everyone I told to watch it at work, they all watched it, including Martin, actually. Just to bring mm-hmm. bring Martin back. This is the Martin podcast right here. Martin and Peter. Yeah, Martin and Peter. And and so I don't think Peter ended up watching it unless he just didn't have that discussion. But Martin definitely did. I'm going to text him right now. Ask him, yeah. Ask him if you watched it. But Martin liked it as well. And then a couple other people watched it as well. And they, they also said, yeah, it was a good recommendation. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> did you tell them that I recommended it to you or did you take all the credit? No, I plugged the podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. Nice. You're I smart just so you're man. Aware, you're a smart we run man. A, we run a film and TV podcast. It airs every Monday. If you want great recommendations like that, jump right in and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. That's what I said. No, I didn't say that. I did say <laughs> that you watched it and you loved it, and then I watched it. I gave you credit, Adrian. That's nice of you. You're you're a good man. You're a good man, Simon. Thank you for da- for not taking all the credit and giving me some. What else did you watch? Other than that, uh, I watched a couple trailers. The Green Knight Ooh. trailer. Which just looks amazing. Yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. I like watched that trailer. I don't even know what the movie's about, but I am all in. This looks fantastic. A24 has a knack for picking up these like movies that all seem to be amazing. <laughs> I mean, I feel like their 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 track record is more positive than poor. And um, yeah, man, this this trailer just got me very intrigued. I'm not like hype. I'm not like, woo, Green Knight. <laughs> but I am like, Damn, what, what the hell is going on here? Like, this seems super interesting. This seems like a like a very, uh, you know, just remarkable world with some deep lore and some interesting sort of looking creatures and stuff like that with magic and all of this stuff. And I don't know, it just seems very unique and different. Um, I don't know if you agree. Yeah, well, yeah, it's a, it's Arthurian. Like, it's a Arthurian times. It's King Arthur and, and the lot kind of thing. Oh. It's, it's a story that follows that kind of time period. It does look really good. I, I sent my my brother that trailer and he said the first trailer was better. And then he sent me a link for a role-playing game that they literally created just to advertise the Green Knight. That's pretty awesome. Like a tabletop RPG, which I, I think is is kind of interesting. I mean that's some kind of marketing strategy. That's for sure. The director of this particular film is the guy who made the old man the gun and Pete's Dragon, apparently. Yeah, which is apparently is like fantastic. I never watched Pete's Dragon. Yeah, the Old Man and the Gun was the um, Robert Redford starring film in, with Casey Affleck. That's mm-hmm. pretty well regarded too, from what I understand. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah, AT twenty four. I think it it's Midsummer as well, and mm-hmm. and they they do make these like really very artsy films that are often great, wild, out of this world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely uh, excited to see this. I I'm, I hope I get to watch it in theaters. Me too. Yeah. I mean, speaking of trailers, uh, did you watch the Venom 2 trailer? I did. I did indeed. Mm. And um, yeah, the greatest thing about it is that uh, Woody Harrelson's not wearing that terrible wig. Yeah, it's... <laughs> yeah, man, like he actually has a regular head of hair. What seems to be a regular head of hair it's on. It's hair, not I some, think. Yeah, not some like friggin party city cheap like two dollar curly ginger wig like, like he I had just, in venom one at the end yeah. of venom one if you haven't watched venom one they do a quick shot of woody harrelson as uh whatever the guy 
whatever the guy's name is, who's Carnage. Yeah. Um, Carnage. But anyways, he's just wearing the most ridiculous curly. Mr. Carnage. Curly wig. Yeah, Mr. Carnage. That's yeah. right. His last name is Carnage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, he, he like looks at Eddie Brock and he's like, oh, there's going to be some carnage going on. Check out my hair. It's wacky. And then it cuts to black and it's like, wow. Yeah. And he didn't say that hair part, but it almost was like he said it because that hair yeah. wig was just awful. But mm. yeah. It's funny. Yeah. It took you really to point that out to me to realize for me to realize really what was wrong with that scene. And it really was the Party City wig. It's just so bad, man. I'm so I'm so glad they got rid of it. But uh, all in all, the the rest of the trailer, I just feel like is like kind of whatever. Like I don't really care about this movie. <laughs> I don't know if I care a lot about any of the Spider-Man villain movies. Is it is this good? I don't think so. I I just find it weird because I mean Marvel has the same problem like with the with the MCU properties and. Uh, DC to a certain extent where it's like the first the first movie is the main character fighting pretty much a clone of themselves or like a similar character with similar abilities. And that's what the Venom movie was. And they're just doing that again. But now with a more murderous. Yeah, this is symbiote. the Marvel formula. They they followed it pretty close to a T. Yeah, you're right in Venom. He fights himself. Mm. He take, He's very reluctant. He doesn't want to be a hero. Classic thing. And then he fights a guy who's very similar to who he is. Mm-hmm. Now they're doing the second movie. But but this guy's more murderous. This guy's just a crazy murderer this time. He's not an evil scientist person. He's just a, he's just a murderer. He just wants to kill people. So I don't know. Like I, like sure, I'm sure some of these action scenes are going to be good. But we're just going to be looking at two different colored blobs fighting each other kind of like what like we saw in time. the first venom movie that's which, a good point honestly yeah like I, the the action scenes in venom where i think some of the worst parts of that movie the movie itself i think is like very meh like i don't really love it i just like tom hardy and i think he really he is the movie he's the realistically the only interesting part of that movie um and i'm sure they can kind of capture that again in venom too but what like we're just yeah it's just going to be this Another action scene of two slightly different shades of, you know, black and like a dark red looking thing fighting each other. And it's like, I don't like who cares. I, I don't know. I don't know yeah. how you can make this interesting. I agree. I agree. Yeah. yeah. You make a good point. You make a good point. It, it kind of feels like this whole spider verse so far, other than the Spider-Man movies with Tom Holland is kind of going through the motions. Like they don't have the magic that mm-hmm. like other Marvel movies like Doctor Strange or most importantly, the Ragnarok or Winter Soldier have. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a little odd too. And Andy Serkis, uh, who's the director of this movie, also came out and said that this kind of takes place in its own world. Um, in the trailer, like you see the Daily Bugle like newspaper, it uses the same logo from the Raimi uh, movies. Obviously, these aren't connected. Uh, but just as an example, uh, there's little hints and nods to a wider universe but realistically like this movie is technically what i imagine is supposed to be connected to the morbius movie and if this movie is its own separate universe but in the morbius movie we have michael keaton's vulture in it which is from the mcu it just seems very dc like kind of what dc is doing that i was just about to say that i was gonna pipe in and say this is exactly the disorganization of what the DCEU is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's coming from two people that love Batman v Superman. One of the greatest movies ever made. You know what I mean? Well, that universe part is, is done now. They've, they're closing mm-hmm. that chapter, right? 
Like they're yeah. not doing that anymore. They keep every time, even you know, whatever, return the Snyderverse or finish restore the Snyderverse. Restore the Snyderverse. Yeah, restore, restore the Snyderverse as a hashtag comes up. It seems like Warner Brothers kind of kind of ignores it or says in an interview really slyly, like that part of the DCEU is over and we're looking yeah. to make different changes and go different directions. I'm just waiting for them to snap and you know just do like a Michael Scott when he sees Toby come back. Is continuously yell no, no. Yeah, <laughs> everyone I know. just keeps on begging for it. Yeah, but. we don't want to make money from our audience. That's mm-hmm. unacceptable. Hell no. Maybe, maybe they didn't do as well as it as it could have. I wonder. Like the, it's hard to see ratings exactly on like yeah. ne- even. I think Netflix started this trend. They don't really show their numbers, and it, it, it's a strategy I think that has worked for Netflix. That's so why I'm curious if HBO Max is ever going to release. Well. Especially if it did well, I feel like they wouldn't release it unless they have plans to actually announce a future Snyderverse movie. Yeah. So it seems unlikely we're ever going to know whether it. Yeah, I know. Like, the Justice League Snyder cut did well, I mean, on HBO Max on, and on, maybe throughout the world because, again, it's on various platforms, including Crave, obviously, in Canada. Yeah, I feel like everyone and their grandmother watched the fucking Snyder cut. Like, honestly, at least in my <laughs> at least bubble. In Canada. I feel like, yeah. So yeah. I, it's it's odd. I feel like it must have done well, but maybe not. Maybe it didn't meet the standards that uh, Warner Brothers was looking for. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's it's interesting. I, I again, I'd love to see those numbers. I just don't know if they'll ever release them. So mm-hmm. yeah, probably not. What probably. else have you been watching this week, Adrian? Um, so I started watching the final season of Castlevania. It came out yesterday, Ooh. as of like us recording it. Uh, I've watched four out of the ten episodes. So I'm just going to keep this brief because I'll just talk about it next week. But it's fantastic. Castlevania, of course, being an animated TV series on Netflix following or I guess an adaptation of the original video game. Exactly. Yeah. Based on the uh, Castlevania uh, games uh, made by Konami back in the day. Um, They haven't released a game in I don't know how long, but either way, the show is fantastic. I have no attachment to Castlevania, the video game series at all. So I was kind of going into this show blind and it's really good. And season four the final season of this show unfortunately uh doesn't let up um i know it's reviewing incredibly well but uh yeah i don't know i'll talk about it a little bit more next week but so far it's exactly what i want from it and uh i'm very excited it's action-packed the animation looks awesome um incredibly bloody and gory um with just i don't know awesome character development um and yeah, it's just really great. I really good. I really recommend people watch Castlevania. Don't miss out on this show. Um, but yeah, other cool. than uh, Castlevania, I actually watched. I believe it is the 1999 classic. I believe that's the year it came out. Notting Hill. Oh, Have you ever Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant? Yes. Yeah. Have you ever watched yeah. this movie? Yeah, I have. I watched it with my mom back in the day when I used to live in Richmond Hill, Ontario. Mm-hmm. Right on. Yeah, I actually watched this with my my parents um, like this past weekend. And it's a really good movie. It's a super like it's a it's a rom-com. Um, yeah, classic rom-com. And but it's super heartfelt. It's hilarious. It's fantastic. It still holds up today. There's nothing sort of, you know, like when you watch some like earlier, like nineties movies or two thousands movies where it's like, yeah, that's a little problematic. Um, there's none of that, uh, in this movie whatsoever. I mean, I mean, obviously Julia Roberts is a phenomenal actress. Hugh Grant is fantastic. Um, they just do a really good job, um, in the movie. And yeah, I don't know. I really loved it. And 
this is the movie where that like um i don't know super i guess popular whatever the word i'm looking for is line is that like i'm just a girl standing in front of a boy asking it like him to love me like i didn't know that that's where uh that like famous line came from oh there you go yeah it's crazy it's crazy I, I've, I've watched these like two movies recently like jerry Maguire in this movie where it has like these super iconic lines i'm like oh that's the movie where that's the movie this came from i was missing out i was missing out but anyways i recommend uh, watching Notting hill i think it's on amazon prime video here in canada yeah cool mm-hmm. that's great yes um and then the final thing i watched which i believe you have watched as well we've talked about it a few times on this show but it came out uh, this week on Netflix is the woman in the window. Oh, we have indeed. What did Mm. you think of the woman in the window? It's not a good movie. (laughs) I do not. uh, I do. I do not think this movie is good at all. Uh, It's weird. Um, I liked it. So actually what here it's weird. Uh, Like, (laughs) What are you talking about? Let, let me explain. Let me explain. <laughs> I hate this movie. I liked it. That's basically what you I, just said. I think this movie's bad, but I was what? entertained. <laughs> I was entertained throughout it. I think the editing in this movie is oddly bad. It is okay. something that I feel like popped out to me. It seemed very amateur. Huh. It almost felt like this movie spent all of its budget on the actors who they're they're fantastic don't get me wrong the the acting in this movie is great um and you know the one it's kind of like a bottle episode most like the entire movie practically takes place in one house um so obviously relatively low budget on that front but it feels like they just half-assed the editing and there is i don't want to spoil anything obviously but there's a very odd tonal shift um at the end of the movie which again i the editing in that section as well is very bad almost reminiscent to like old school 80s and 90s like slasher movies all almost like just the editing style which really threw me off and i couldn't tell whether it was intentional or not are you talking about the style of alfred hitchcock because it's hitchcockian that's the intention okay i just don't think it was done well that's not quite 80s and 90s it's far far further back than that yeah, I just feel like, uh, yeah, I don't know. They, if that's what they were going for. It did not look good or didn't translate well. And yeah, I don't know. I felt like, I mean, the premise of the movie is fairly interesting. It's this woman. She lives in her, her house by herself. She developed gorophobia, which is uh, an illness where you can't go outside um, for a unknown reason. Um, and she starts, you know, she's seeing a therapist and, she pretty much just spies on all of her neighbors, which her therapist encourages because, you know, it uh, it shows that you're not depressed or something along those lines. I forget the exact phrasing in the movie. And, um, you know, she has like a roommate in her like, uh, well, she's the landlord to uh, a gentleman that lives in her basement. That gentleman's played by Wyatt Russell, who is probably uh, who most people probably know him from Captain uh, Falcon and the Winter Man that just came out. Um, Amy Adams is the woman in the window. And um, yeah, she just pretty much spies on people. She has her neighbor come over, has like one nice night w- with her, and then sees her neighbor get murdered um, by the her window. husband. Across yeah, the through street. the window. Looking through the window. The woman was in the window across the street. 
Yes. <laughs> and yeah. um, she sees her get murdered by her husband and then pretty much goes on this like, you know, calls the police and says, this is what's happening, yada, yada, yada. Um, but people just think that she's a crazy person and, you know, it kind of plays with that. Is she crazy or like, you know, is everything she's saying true? Who knows? And I guess the the, the way the movie's edited is is kind of it makes it unclear for the viewer as well. Um, but I just don't think it's it an really unreliable is. narrator potentially. And that's the that's kind of Ex- the idea. exactly. And I just feel like following her perspective, Amy Adams perspective as the woman in the window. Yeah. And I just feel like it wasn't done all that well. I just, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's, I can't put my finger on it, but I just feel like I've watched movies that have done it better. Um, mo- more recently, actually, I didn't mention it on the show, but I watched the movie Run, which stars Sarah Palmer. And it's a similar sort of vibe, you know, like it has a daughter and like the daughter thinks something weird is going on. Is like, is the daughter crazy or um, is she right? And it's, it's a similar sort of, I mean, different premise, but th- that's that similar sort of style. And I feel like Run did it significantly better. And maybe because I watched that movie like only a couple weeks ago, I was comparing it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just don't think this movie was good. But I, I and I and I'd recommend, I guess, watching it just be, just because I'm curious what people think. But yeah, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. I thought it was entertaining enough. That's really my review of the movie. Um, again, the acting's phenomenal. Gary Oldman's amazing. Um, Jennifer Jason Lee's in it, who I really uh, like. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. What did you think, man? What What are your thoughts on this this movie? I actually liked it. And so I don't have that much bad to say about it. It's a 30% of Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes, so I'm in the minority, I suppose. I don't, I don't think it's amazing by any stretch of the imagination, but I think that the editing actually makes sense to me in the context of the unreliable narrator and the homage to Hitchcockian movies, like for instance, Rear Window, which Rear Window is kind of a similar concept. It's like a guy in, you know, who's stuck inside with a camera, looking through a window, whatever, and he sees something suspicious that could be murder. And so that seems to be what they were going for. It's directed by Joe Wright, who specifically directed Atonement, but most recently, Darkest Hour, which he was nominated for. Which is a, I mean, a really good movie. Yeah, that movie is phenomenal. Yeah, also start, uh, that that movie also has Gary Oldman in it. This movie was supposed to release like a year ago. Like mm-hmm. it, it took forever to release. There was lots of problems with it. They they test screened the film apparently uh, to an audience, and after Joe Wright had pretty much, I guess, finished it. Mm-hmm. And there's all that drama because this was like a Fox movie, but Disney bought Fox, and so the it was a weird thing there. And then the Joe Wright test screening went badly and they, they decided that, okay, well actually we need to change this. And so they hired none other than Tony Gilroy, the guy who was in charge of the rewrites for star Wars, rogue one to mm-hmm. write many scenes for this, to write reshoots for this film. Apparently the budget was very small because as you mentioned, it was a bottle episode and it was like a pretty small, there's not much of a set. Like it's all mm-hmm. really happening in Amy Adams, the main characters, house there's not much of a place to to go i just i thought that the dialogue was very jarring in the very beginning i thought it didn't make sense and the editing didn't make sense but then as i watched it i start it's the pieces kind of fell into place for me it did feel kind of like it had some smaller tonal shifts i didn't find anything was that jarring and the acting was really good i I do agree gary oldman by the way just in general as a call out he's every single role he is in he just inhabits it and He's believable in no matter what role he's in. I think he was the standout performance in this movie. 
I agree completely. Mind you, I've been played by Gary Oldman all along. What are you talking about? I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do this bit. I'm not going to do the Melissa McCarthy thing, but just with Gary Oldman. Continue. Okay, good. Because <laughs> I feel like it's already as convoluted as it, as it gets. For, yeah. for those audience members that know, have no idea what we're talking about, uh, Adrian has been pretending that Melissa McCarthy has been playing Adrian on this podcast for many episodes of this podcast. Whether mm. or not that's true, hard for me to tell. I literally can't see him because we're talking remotely across the city. But yeah. yeah, anyways, that was the joke. <laughs> or was it Gary Oldman all along? Uh, was it Gary Oldman playing Melissa okay. McCarthy playing me? Who even knows? Anyways, continue. Yeah, okay. He's an amazing yeah. actor. He is really good. Uh, and so there's actually another thing which kind of disappoints me. And I, I I don't know if I like the score from Danny Elfman, to be honest, in general. Like a score from him, except for maybe Batman. I'm mm-hmm. kind of on the fence with Danny Elfman's scores. I, I don't think he makes bad scores. I just don't think he makes scores that resonate with me on a level of like Hans Zimmer or Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, who apparently were initially hired on to score this movie, but they fell through because of scheduling conflicts with i think with even soul so that didn't work out but imagine mm-hmm. trent reznor scored this movie imagine i don't know which way it went maybe joe wright's version of the film is better than what they ended up having with three rights because the, maybe the studio was meddling I, I don't know it's hard to it, know what this movie would have been like i don't think it's yeah. bad i just don't think it's good so it's like in this weird okay area and i was very intrigued and interested because there's an ongoing mystery lots of twists and turns and i i liked it to be to be honest, but it wasn't perfect for sure. Yeah, yeah, it definitely felt like there was some sort of meddling in it. I almost feel like the movie was meant to be longer, and I do like completely agree with you. I think the beginning is what threw me off the most. It just felt uncomfortable, and again, yeah, I I, I didn't did. know if if it was intentionally meant to be uncomfortable, but it, it felt like it is. There's like I a, think it is genuinely. Yeah, like there's um, it's it's Amy Adams talking to Gary Oldman's son, and the. Like, I felt like, you know, Amy Adams would say one thing and without even like there being a pause, the other character would start talking. And then like, it just felt like these jump edits with them not even really taking in what the other character was saying. It was just like, ah, that's the issue for yeah. me too. That, that, that's actually one of the things I noticed at the beginning. I didn't notice it in the conversation yeah. with the boy though. I noticed it in the conversation with mm. Julianne Moore. That I just was like, wait, they never really listened to what the other person said. And then one of them burst out laughing. And I was like, what's going on here? But it kind of made more sense as it went on because I felt like the, as you get more of the story of who these characters are, I, I kind of fear, figured that these people are just a little bit – they're different. And, and so I, you kind of – Yeah, they're all weird and you, messed up. Yeah, you grasp who they are and then it kind of makes more sense. But I do agree that it almost felt like they didn't leave enough time between cuts it's yeah. like almost like amateur editing, but it didn't happen as the movie went on. Like it, then the editing started to slow down as the movie went. But that's mm-hmm. kind of I felt like that was a representation of the unreliable narrator, and that again, Amy Adams' character is unreliable. And I I don't think that that's a bad thing. I don't know. I, I was initially I thought it was terrible, but then as it went on, I was like, okay, maybe I get it. It's because she's as they show right in the beginning of the movie, she's drinking as she takes meds. Yeah, so it's like she can't. She's like a weird problem with time because she's always stuck inside because she's agoraphobic. And then the drinking wine and taking meds at the same time. So I, I, I don't know. I, I think that's what the interesting thing about the movie is. And then the Hitchcockian nature of the of the editing and the music combined, 
I, I, I don't know. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I thought mm. Wyatt, Wyatt Russell's character was cool too. And yeah, he, he did a really good job in this movie. There's a, a dynamic that it makes you feel uneasy and you mm. just want to know what's happening next. It keeps you engaged. I feel like, like I was very, again, uh, yeah. Like I was entertained enough and like I was intrigued enough. Like I wanted to know what was going on and I wanted to watch it to the end, but I, like, yeah, I don't know. It, it just felt, uh, yeah, something was off about it. My like, I watched it with my girlfriend and my lover, and she she did not like it um, whatsoever. Uh, and yeah, when I was trying to explain her, I was like, yeah, I don't know, like I don't think I really liked it, but like I liked it enough. And she's like, no, it's just not a good movie. And uh, I I don't dislike it as much as she did. Like she would never watch this movie again. Whereas I would probably just watch it with like a friend just for like background TV. You know what I mean? Okay, sure. <laughs> I don't watch a lot of movies over again anyway, so that that doesn't really, I don't know what that means. I just don't watch movies over. I see them and I'm like, okay, cool. I might watch it again. I'll remember that forever. Another person, but I just don't watch them as often. Like if it's a really good movie, like like I'm really, really having a good time with, then I'll I'll probably watch it more often than, again, a mediocre one. But I don't don't hate it. I'm just going to say that. I don't hate it. I... Don't I don't not recommend it either. Like it's a it's a fun <laughs> time. Like, it's a mystery. Yeah. It's a fun time and it's a mystery. And I think that the style has style changes, but I wonder if it has to do with the reshoots somewhat. By the mm-hmm. way, the movie is written by Tracy Letts, who's in the film. He plays Dr. Landy, the therapist. Tracy Letts is in Ford versus Ferrari, if you recall. Yeah. He's is he in it? I'm, I'm honestly just thinking. I'm trying to picture him in my brain. Tracy Letts is Ford. Tracy Letts is also in Lady Bird as well mm-hmm. as the father. And he does a fantastic job in that. Yeah. I guess we're we're got this. I, I like Tracy Letts. He's in the movie. But then when the reshoots came, when it came to the reshoots, Tony Gilroy, Gilroy wrote, wrote them. And I think they tried to get Tracy Letts to write them. But then he was busy with another project and that didn't happen. It's honestly the drama behind the making of this movie is almost more, more than the drama of the movie itself. But mm-hmm. I did not dislike it. That's my final verdict. Fair enough. It's interesting to me. Yeah. It's intriguing. And the mystery is alive. Should we move on to the news? What are you thinking? No. Okay, then let's do that. Let's move on to the news. Let's begin with a small collection of more focus stories that have been particularly pertinent this week. Number one. As website Variety reports, One Night in Miami director Regina King has been hired by Legendary Pictures to produce and direct a film adaptation for Image Comics comic book series, Bitterroot. The Bitterroot comic is created by David F. Walker, Sanford Green, and Chuck Brown, and follows a family of monster hunters living in Harlem in the 1920s that specifically fight and cure monsters that feed off of a supernatural force fueled by prejudice and discrimination in New York City. Ash versus the Evil Dead screenwriter Brian Edward Hill is currently writing the script for the new film. Bitterroot currently has no announced release date. Adrian, what are you thinking about this story about Bitterroot and Regina King? Well, Simon, I think this sounds freaking awesome. I had like I'm not familiar with Bitterroot, uh, the, the comic series or anything like that. However, the premise of this just seems so cool. I don't know about you, but this just seems like an awesome mix of, you know, like this 1920s aesthetic bringing in monsters and it just being like, I don't know, some weird like supernatural sort of pretty yeah, monsters powered by prejudice. I, I just find it such a unique concept 
And I feel like Regina King, I mean, obviously she's proven herself as a uh, director with her amazing work in one night in Miami. So honestly, anything that she's involved in from here on out, I'm, I'm, I'm in uh, realistically, unless this is absolutely awful. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. This, this really intrigues me, man. Uh, how about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in, in, in it enough. We don't have that much information on it yet. So I'm, I'm kind of on the fence a little bit, but yeah, I mm-hmm. do, do agree with the idea of the supernatural force fueled by prejudice. I think that's, that's a cool concept of the monsters getting, you know, feeding off of this like discrimination of the time. I think that that is a really unique concept and could lend itself well to like it's almost like a fairy tale like story. It's it's it sounds great. So I'm in. But uh yeah, I just have to see more about it before I get super excited. Yeah. Like I know the like I know Ash versus Evil Dead is like very highly regarded. Uh, I believe was that Stars? I want to say that was Stars. Um but uh, I know that was very well received. Um I think it's ending or it has ended or was canceled or whatever, but um yeah, I don't know, like having a, a, a obviously um a writer attached to it that has proven themselves as well with a you know great series. Um I think that, you know, puts a positive light on this in general. Um but yeah, I don't know. I just feel like this is such a cool concept. It's super interesting. I like looked into the 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 the, the comics like very little. Again, I didn't read into it. Um I didn't hear about this uh prior to um the story being announced, but the, the, the comic series itself has a super colorful, almost like dark bluish purple aesthetic. And I'm, I wonder if they can translate that into, in, into this live action adaptation, what I assume is going to be a live action adaptation of it. That's something that I wasn't able to garner. I don't know whether this is a live action adaptation and I kind of looked it up and I couldn't really find an answer. Did you? No, I could idea. No, like I, I'm honestly just assuming just because Regina King, obviously, when I in Miami, that is a live action movie. And then again, uh, Brian Edward Hill, um, who is writing Ash versus Evil Dead. And that's a live action show. So I'm just like assuming. Uh, but yeah, I'm not too sure. I wonder I, I wonder if almost something like this would be better served as an animated um, like an ad, a, animated film. I mean, obviously, like animation, like animated films have proven themselves like they we, we just talked about the Mitchells versus machine uh, the machines as a very high quality animated movie. But again, like even more recently, um, another image comic being Invincible, uh, they just had the series adaptation. And again, it's a very like faithful adaptation of that comic series. And it's able to bring those pages to life because it is an animated series. Mind you, this is going the movie route, but uh, I almost would maybe prefer it to be animated. I, I feel like you can be a little bit more creative. You can, you, you can match the tone and uh, sorry, not the tone, but the, um, the colors and, and that sort of aesthetic that the, that the graphic novel is doing and bring it to the big screen. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious now. That's also a good point. I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear more about this. Yeah, I don't know about the live action uh, animated thing. Like, I think you can be pretty creative if you got the budget for it. You can do some pretty great stuff with CG. We've already, you know, you know, you already see it. You already see that art on the page for the graphic novel. Do we really need the ver- a version of it animated? I don't know. It's either way would be good with me, depending on how they do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. 
Count me in, though. Yeah. Yeah, again, I, I looked at the Variety article. I looked at the Hollywood Reporter article for this announcement, and I did not see whether it's live action. I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen there's other questionable sources that claimed it was a live ac- action adaptation, and I just don't want to believe those guys over Variety. So I just didn't. I don't know. I may have missed it in the articles. I just don't think I did. I just was just skimming yeah. the Hollywood Reporter article. I don't see that. Also, yeah. Ryan Coogler is producing this project. I didn't mention that here, but Ryan Coogler, the... Uh, director of Creed and, of course, the uh, Black Panther. He also is producing it too. So Yeah, which is another great uh, sign um, for this as well. Yes. And I, I mean, you do make a good point with the live action. Like CG has come a long way. We talked about Love and Monsters recently, and the CG in that is fantastic. Like, you could do something yeah, like it, that. I feel like it could lend itself great to either of them, just depending on how they actually accomplish the whole thing. Mm-hmm. How does the story go? How do they actually adapt it? I don't know. We've seen, I don't know. There's lots of bad and good adaptations for lots of things. Invincible is probably, I would, I think you would argue that it's, it's very close to the source material in terms of its animation. And that's great, mm-hmm. but they could have done it live action theoretically. I mean, they are, they're coming out with that live action movie. I don't understand that. I don't understand no. how that could be in one movie. We, we, we got like, what eight hours already and they're continuing it it seems like they can't do it justice it's just not going to do it yeah yeah that that's different though actually no it's not this is a comic book series too yeah it's a little weird that they're doing a movie out of this too actually yeah that's that's the one thing i'm not sure maybe it would be better that we haven't read read the source material in this case i I was actually just going to ask you like do you have any interest in reading the source material because i kind of do i'm looking at it right now it seems to have 15 issues out currently Mind you, the first season of Invincible pretty much just takes place over the first six issues. So you can kind of put that into perspective. But I mean, yeah, there's a, there's 15 issues. I don't they're probably what four bucks an issue. I might actually look into reading this just because it seems like a very cool premise. And I don't know, I've been uh, missing reading some graphic novels recently, but um, I hope that doesn't ruin what the film could be. But I feel like I'm, I do a relatively decent job differentiating the source material and whatever the adaptation is. I always mention uh, the Death Note um, Netflix movie that everyone hates. Right. I still yeah. liked it. <laughs> I can I can separate it from the original source material. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All righty. Let's move on to number two. As tech website The Verge reports, on May 20th, the Roku channel will premiere 30 of its recently purchased Quibi TV series that have been rebranded as Roku Originals. Roku is currently one of the top smart TV box companies in the United States, and they only recently decided to get into the original content streaming service market by purchasing content from the now shut down mobile-based streaming service, Quibi. Quibi's TV series are relatively short, star-studded affairs, with episodes usually running between 7 and 15 minutes per episode. Among the 30 series are the Emmy Award-winning series Hashtag Free Ray Sean, the Kevin Hart action comedy Die Hard, and the Christoph Waltz starring thriller A Most Dangerous Game. The Roku channel app and its new original content is surprisingly not only available on Roku streaming products, but also on Amazon Fire Sticks, Samsung Smart TVs, and iOS and Android. Adrian, what are you thinking about this move by Roku? Getting original content for one thing, we talked about that. When Mm -hmm. Quibi was shutting down, Roku purchased the content from Quibi, which is a great, I I kind of felt like a great story because, I mean, I felt bad for Quibi and it was nice to see that content repurposed. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's the other side of this whole story, which is Roku, for some reason, is putting this 
it's for free. It's going to be free on all of these platforms with ads. What are you thinking about that? And, and the fact that it's going to be on Samsung smart TVs and fire sticks as an example. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Do we know when the, like, is it May 20th that the, the Roku channel will launch like worldwide or is this just the U S um, I think it's good question. Uh, the, the, the breadth of it, like how far it's going to go. We're, we're always um, last. And these articles don't often mention Canada because they just don't care. <laughs> They're American. Like this is the Verge. Fair enough. The Verge is an American, American uh, website. So I'm not sure. I met, I saw region mm. stuff there. But I can look I'm into curious. that and we can talk about that in the, on our next couple episodes. Because I mean, the 20th is approaching. So it's going to be. I guess we'll find out. Post next episode. Yeah, we can talk about whether we get Quibi content content on that Roku channel app. Yeah, um, but I don't know. I find this great. I think I think it is the right call to put the Roku channel on um, other like apps or sorry other pieces of hardware. Uh, I feel like it'd be. I, th- I think initially when we when we mentioned or talked about this purchase that we said that it would probably just like you would have to buy a Roku stick um, or a Roku box to get this stuff. But I think it is the right call to just give access to a larger audience. I feel like um, not repeating Quibi's mistakes on, you know, where no, this content is only available on your phone um, by putting it out on as many places as possible and, you know, getting that ad revenue. Um, it's a smart move. There's literally zero barrier for entry in my opinion. And um, again, like I feel like Roku is a big comp. Like a lot of people have these like Roku streaming sticks and everything like that. But I mean, just think about it. How many people have a, you know, Samsung smart TV and Amazon fire stick as well. Like I feel like Amazon fire sticks are blowing up. So just giving that as an option um, and then having that passive income come through is I think a smart move because I don't really know who is going to be like, oh man, I really need to buy a Roku streaming stick to watch Die Hard. Like I don't- That's not what it's about though. It's a value added service. What's the point of even owning it all? Like what's the point of having this content at all? For doing like almost the the, the crackle method where it's just free, but you watch ads. Has that been particularly lucrative for Sony? Owning crackle? Uh, I don't you know. Made fun of Crackle only a few episodes back. So. I, I know. I, I know. I know. Like I don't know. I'm no businessman. Like so, I don't know what it does for the bottom line. But I feel like right now, when the when when the market is just so like filled with competition, um, by entering it at the literally the lowest barrier of entry, free. All you have to do is watch ads. It might bring in more people. Um, people like free stuff. So, you know, if I can just download this Roku channel and have access why to does it matter, why are you bringing them in? What's the point? I, I'm, I'm missing the point of this. Why? Like why Roku brought in Quibi? No. Why do you want to bring people in to watch this content? I don't understand that part. Why do you want people to watch this content? I guess just for ad revenue. They can't be making that much on ad revenue. That's the reasoning. Uh, that's my assumption. That's, the, that's the only, <laughs> I feel like that's the only thing I can think of as a reason. Well, that's the only clear-cut benefit from them choosing to put this content on every platform. But the mm-hmm. the, the the point I thought they were doing this for was to sell boxes. That's their in- entire business. Their entire business is how do we sell as many streaming sticks and premier boxes, whatever they call them. You know, mm-hmm. they want to sell their 4K boxes, their their Roku TVs, that's what they want to sell. 
So they're not a content company. They don't have enough content. What's the point of having, you want people to buy fire sticks? Is this another reason to want to buy a fire stick? I'm confused. No, I, I Am don't I missing think something? I think so, man, because I think the market's changing so much. TVs are now, you know, I mean, the new Sony TVs, as an example, have Google TV built right in. Not a, not a good example because this apparently isn't going on Google TV, but just as a random example and, you know, these Samsung smart TVs. And I feel like the the media streaming stick, we like a lot of people are still buying those, but I don't think Roku offers anything special or anything extra. Um, and now you're now you're essentially tapping into a market that already exists. If you get what I mean, people already have fire sticks. People already have Samsung TVs. So now you're just going to get free passive money from them because they're just going to watch the content. I think that's kind of how it looks They're They're maybe just trying to keep up with the market shifting and, you know, people possibly buying less and less of these, you know, media streaming sticks and everything like that. Because again, TVs now just have it all built in. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm missing it. I'm I'm missing mm. it. I thought it was a value added service. This is not a value added service. They're they're a hardware company. Even a, like a, Apple Apple TV Plus is a great example of this. That's literally what it is. The idea is you get the free you get free content from Apple TV Plus for owning an Apple device. It's literally built in. That's the whole reason Apple knows what they're doing. That's what they're doing. Sure, I know what you're about to say. Well, Apple TV Plus is on all the platforms. Yeah, but if you own an iPhone, you get it for free. There's no mm-hmm. benefit of owning a Roku device. And they're a, a hardware company. I think they missed the mark. I don't know what the point is. I really don't. They're they're not YouTube. Like they're they're only they only have 30 shows. Yeah, fair point. Like no one's gonna even download this. What what's the point? I don't really understand. Maybe if you own a Roku account that has a you have a Roku box, you just bought a Roku box, you get it for free on all of these platforms. That would be great. They didn't say anything about that. Even if you own a Roku device, you don't get to watch it ad free. There's no benefit of owning mm. a Roku device. I just don't get that. Unless I missed something again, I didn't read anywhere that it said, if you own a Roku stick, you get to use this free. Uh, you get to use this content for free without ads. I didn't see this. So I, it's a little strange to me. Again, I get Apple's st- strategy. Yeah, put Apple TV Plus on everything. They don't, they're not a TV company. They sell Apple TV boxes, but they're also way more expensive than they realize that compared to the rest of the market. So it doesn't make a lot of sense. Honestly, I just don't see the point. I'm sure they'll get some ad revenue, but it's like, there's only 30 shows here. Like how much ad revenue do you really hope to get? It's just a value added service of adding that option of, Hey, you have a Roku box. Oh, wow. You also get these 30 shows, including this cool Kevin Hart show and the Liam Hemsworth uh, starring a most dangerous game. Here mm. you go, by the way. Yeah, this is awesome. And then they're like, oh, wow, I'm going to recommend Roku to my friends. That's literally, as a retail employee, I can say, oh, wow, you should buy Roku because you also get a free streaming service. It's like, oh, I don't even have to pay? No. And you get Amazon Prime, which is on Firestick. I get it. But the market shift thing, I don't really understand. You at least give something to Roku users who literally own a Roku box. Yeah. Just, I don't and know. Give them something extra. Hmm. Yeah, give them something at all. There's nothing. There's nothing yeah. here for Roku users. I don't I, see. I, the point. I, I I get your point. Um, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Fair, fair enough, man. Hmm. Yeah. Like again, if you just make it ad free for Roku users, and you're like, yeah, okay, just give well. something. At the very least, just give something like a small yeah. incentive. Because again, like even even if the incentive is just like, hey, you get these thirty free channels ad free, uh, you can get it on this Fire Stick, but then you got to watch. 
however many ads, however many times for yeah, how, like, are they however planning many on competing with Netflix? Like you understand I what don't I'm saying? Like think so. what's the, that, that's but the they thing are I, though, because that's literally what they're doing. You're saying they're just a free, a free version that's competing with Netflix, but that's not what their whole business model is. It's about being Roku, which is a hardware company. So I don't know I, what's mm. their benefit. Like, are you competing with Amazon prime? I don't know. I don't necessarily think they're like competing with these companies. I think they're looking to be just an added service, like just this extra. But it's an added service to a fire stick thing that you download that's free. Yeah. But again, they, uh, again, I don't know how much money they're making off these ads, but I think, I think that's probably the route that they're taking. And again, I'm no businessman. I don't know the financials or anything like that, but that's the only thing. If you're on a fire stick, you own Mm -hmm. one. Wouldn't you just use Amazon Prime? Why would you pay for Amazon Prime? Which yeah, you ideally you probably, yeah, you probably have it, but again, maybe you don't, maybe, maybe you don't. Um, but yeah, like it's just different yeah. content. It's still extra content it is, for free. It is, it is other content, but I just feel like even just selling people and even downloading the app in the first place is like, what's the point? I don't know, man. Again, it's just, there's no barrier. Meanwhile, they could have taken that and said, Hey, on the Roku, it's now more valuable, or this is the reason why you own a Roku stick. Because we also give you this. See, this is why you bought Roku instead of Amazon, the Amazon Fire Stick. I don't know. I don't see it. I, I don't know. Maybe, again, I maybe missed something. I just don't. Like, this is a direct competitor now to YouTube or, or Netflix or whatever, what have you. It, sure, mm-hmm. it's ads, but it's direct competitor. Yeah, I don't know. I, I disagree with you on that. I don't think they're direct competitors with Netflix. I just think it's in a category. Wow, they're a streaming itself. service. Yeah, but again, there's no barrier for entry. It's It's... I guess it's YouTube? competing for the time. YouTube has ads. Yeah, I know. But again, I, I don't necessarily think YouTube and Netflix are competing either. YouTube doesn't even make their original content anymore. So they, they kind of. But YouTube is game. free. I know. It's got ads. Yeah. If anything, it's competing with YouTube. Like Roku is competing with YouTube. Right. But I don't think it's competing with Netflix. Again, I just feel like this is a a service that you can have on top of your net, like Netflix subscription or whatever else. You can, but will you? Like Crackle, do you have Crackle downloaded? No, again, I'm not saying I'm not I'm not saying I'm going to. <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm just saying that's that's my thought process. Yeah, that's what I think yes. it's going for. Yeah, I I guess you're sold on it more than I am. I I just wouldn't download this for with ads. Like I, I thought I got a Roku box. I'm not going to download just, it either. I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, they, so they failed then, I guess, in this regard. But I wasn't going to buy a Roku box either. But I have one. So like for me, I would have just oh, I'll plug it in then, and I'll watch these shows while they're free. But it's with ads as well. So it's like, what's the, what's even the point? Anyway, that's 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 my two cents. Let's move on to number three. Number three. As Variety reports, Disney's most recent quarterly earnings call revealed that Disney missed its quarterly revenue and its projected Disney Plus subscriber total for its most recent second quarter. Disney had hoped to be at 109.3 million subscribers, but landed short at a more disappointing 103.6 million, despite the release of their ever-popular Disney Plus TV series, WandaVision, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier this past quarter. During the call, CEO Bob Chappick and team also announced the theatrical strategy for the upcoming Disney blockbuster films for quarter three, with announcements in regards to the Dwayne The Rock Johnson starring film Jungle Cruise, the Simo Liu starring Marvel Cinematic Universe film Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, and the Fox-produced Ryan Reynolds action comedy Free Guy. First off, Jungle Cruise is headed to Disney Plus as a premier access release, simultaneously with a theatrical release. Premier Access, of course, is when Disney charges an additional $35 on Disney Plus in Canada and $30 in the United States 
to allow access for certain films prior to its free streaming release. In contrast, Marvel's Shang-Chi and Fox's Free Guy will release theatrically in September and August, respectively, for an exclusive 45-day theatrical window before they will inevitably be accessible via streaming and video on demand. This new 45-day window is in contrast to the previous mandatory 90-day theatrical exclusivity window that existed pre-pandemic. Adrian, what did you think about the earnings call that Disney, Disney hosted and the new 45-day theatrical window? as well as the Jungle Cruise going to Premier Access. What's your, what are your thoughts? I feel like there's a lot to unpack here. I, it's weird because it seems like even with Premier Plus. Premier Access? Yep. Yeah, oh, yeah. Fuck, I keep on mixing that up. I, what's Premier Plus? What am I even I mixing know. up? Paramount Plus, maybe? Sure. Who cares? Anyways, uh, with, with Premium. At- Premier, is Premier Plus a, a Roku box? I'm not even joking. Premier Plus? Yeah, it is. But I'm saying premium plus. <laughs> you said last time premier plus, actually. Oh, just I? a moment ago? Yeah. I don't listen to your your uh your flubs. I think you did that last a few shows back, you said premium plus as well. But anyway, yeah, what were you thinking? Um yeah, it's interesting that um even with like you know movies coming out that offered that premier access option, that Disney still missed the mark. So like from the outside looking in, I guess it didn't even charging that extra bit of money. They didn't reach the mark that they were looking for. So it either tells me that they expected way more people to play, pay for this premier access and not enough people did. Um, or that it just, I mean, I guess that's all it tells me realistically. Um, and then obviously they're missing 6 million subscribers that they were, uh, that they were banking on, which to me is actually very surprising considering WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier came out. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's odd because reading that it made me think like, Oh, maybe they're just done with premier access, but obviously they're announcing it for jungle cruise. And then they're giving us this weird thing where it's actually, you know, like, yeah, jungle cruise is getting it, but don't worry. Shang-Chi and, Free guy are not. And it's this mixed messaging that's kind of confusing me as an outsider. And uh, I don't know how I feel about it. It's nice that they're doing that 40 day theatrical, um, like exclusive theatrical uh, window, but it used to be 90 days. Um, so that's also like a little bit of a bummer. At least, you know, they are staying committed to the theaters. We talked about that hype trailer, that Mar- MCU hype trailer that came out. Um and you know how it how they said like see you back in theaters or whatever the messaging was and it made me interested um and made me hopeful that disney's gonna go in that direction but yeah i don't know this seems just very inconsistent i'm just confused and um obviously i imagine they're gonna bring shang chi and free guy to disney plus after that 45 day window are they gonna charge premiere access at that point or are they just gonna put it on the streaming service for free it's all kind of confusing because i think the premiere access movies, the premiere access for about 90 days, if I'm not wrong. I imagine they're usually ar- around three months. I feel like uh, Poulon was around three months. Ryan the Last Dragon came out, what, two months ago? It's still premiere access. So I'm curious. Uh, what about you, man? Um, yeah, the first thing that sticks out to me as well is like the, the theatrical release 45 day window. I don't know if it's really mixed messaging as much as it is. Obviously, we're in a pandemic and. Yeah. Things have changed and Universal and Paramount were kind of the first ones to pull the trigger on, like, I think it was 17 days 
as an example, I think Universal was the first one last year, and they said that they wanted to do a 17-day a exclusivity window with AMC, and I th- believe it was AMC that agreed to it, whatever. Uh, so that's way shorter, and that's worse. I appreciate the fact that it's 45 days. Well, we mentioned last week, Disney, when they step, there's ripple effects. They're such a giant that they, when they step down on the ground, everyone kind of feels the impact. Yeah. And so this 45-day window, is, it sounds more permanent than something like Universal's deal, just because Universal doesn't make necessarily as many juggernaut films as, as Disney and Marvel and mm-hmm. Star Wars. and Everything that Disney owns essentially makes. So when I say more permanent, I mean more like this choice by Disney is likely to impact the industry in a much more heavy and consequential way. But I do appreciate it, and I and I cannot stress enough. I've talked shit about Premier Access for for weeks, months. Every episode, the Premier Access comes up. I talk about how distraught I am about the existence <laughs> of it, and I really appreciate the fact that they're they're dedicating this forty five day theatrical window, and they're not doing Premier Access at the same time. It's not a, it's not simultaneously like they're doing with Jungle Cruise or Black Widow or Cruella. I know this is Cruella's your most anticipated film, Adrian. I can't wait. Um, so I don't know. I, I actually appreciate this. I, I, I kind of am sad that they've removed the 90-day window. You do ask a very good question, though. Will this go to Premier Access for the remaining month and a half? I hope yeah. not. That would be awful. Um, it'll get, that I don't almost know. make it worse or better? Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I guess actually, it would still be better. better. It's but, a better version of Premier Access. My biggest problem with Premier Access is the the price on top of the streaming. You're paying for a streaming service and then you're paying for a thirty five dollar price, and it just seems like an outlandish price to see. What will you pay? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so I've I, always got that impression. What will you pay, you Disney fan? You? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, some people find value in it, and it's like, okay, yeah, like with your wallet, it's up to you. But uh, yeah, like I, I know, I, I just know, I, I just think it's personally. making ripple effects against across the industry, and I don't agree with it obviously and mm-hmm. again I, I just think again vote for your with your wallet if you think that this can have the impact that at least i do i just think that it will have an impact on theater businesses like it just will if you were to release simultaneously with a movie theater which they're not and that's the key the 45 day theatrical exclusive window is the key so thank god and thank thank disney <laughs> for this yeah. i don't know if this the subscri- maybe the subscriber total is impacted by premier access because people are are fed up, you know. I don't think so, though. I don't, I don't think access, so. Does yeah. Premier Access really impact their bottom line revenue? Did it not do a successful job? I don't know. Maybe they, maybe the anticipated revenue budget, the the revenue they budgeted for this second quarter was also based included on the, fact- the six million subscribers that they missed out on. Yes, that that's mm. important for sure. And I also wonder whether they just they kind of thought that Disney parks would have already opened. That maybe the the trend of what Biden was kind of doing with his vaccination vaccination like push, maybe they thought they would be out of the pandemic by now because people are very optimistic. Maybe, maybe there's a thought that the theaters would maybe be open everywhere in mm-hmm. the United States. I don't know. It's 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 hard to tell because it's so hard to predict anyway. So like these budgeted revenues and even, well, less so the subscribers, but mainly like the revenue budget. It seems like, I don't know, you missed it. Okay. In a pandemic, like how the hell do you predict it? It's like, you don't have to have a crystal ball to some, to some extent. Yeah. But- I mean, but like, w- w- isn't the argument that 
Couldn't you make the argument that since there were more people at home, there would be more people subscribing to the service? But I guess you could make also a counter argument that like, since people aren't working, they don't have the money to subscribe. So I guess there's that argument to be made. I suppose, but there was a giant influx of cash because Biden had passed that bill, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know that that I don't know if that I think we're going way too far into the to the business aspect of this that we just don't probably understand. Well, like I said in the last story, I am a businessman. I'm just kidding. I am no businessman. I don't yeah. understand money. Well, I don't know if I'd I'd go that far, but what sure, is it? What's a Bitcoin? Yeah. Well, you can't you can't use Bitcoin to buy Disney Tesla Plus subscriptions. no more. <laughs> or, or Teslas anymore. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I am intrigued. I was so happy to see the, the Shang-Chi's not going Premier Access that they announced this on a, on an earnings call. I thought that was brilliant. And I, again, it's a shining, it's a shining beacon for the rest of the industry because I think that theaters are tremendously mm-hmm. important and, and I don't want them to close. And I, I don't know. It's one of those things. Like I, I don't think I'm also holding on to a relic. I feel like there might be some people who listen to our podcast are thinking, "Oh, theaters should have been closed months ago." Years Look at ago. these old people holding on to the past. Yeah, like we're we're holding on to the past. I don't agree with this. I, I think that it it holds a place in in society just as much as and in my heart. <laughs> sure. Like it's just one of those things. Just as much as I, I don't know, maybe not, maybe not as much, but to some extent, close to going to the baseball game, or going to, uh, you know, the NHL game. Like, why not just watch it on TV? Like, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. That's not the same thing. You don't have that kind of a television, that kind of a sound system. I would bet most people or everyone on this pod, like listening to this podcast, audience wise, does not have a setup that that a theater would allow and tickets really aren't that expensive to get such an improvement in sound and, mm-hmm. and that event. And I think that even people like the pre pandemic nature of things. They, they like the idea of, I know that malls have been shutting down and things like that, but I think that there's still a place for that type of environment. Mm-hmm. There's still a place for, for people going to a theater and sitting down with their popcorn in hand and really getting the full cinematic and immersive effects. So I, I don't know. I, I think this is great, and I'm happy that they're doing this. I, I just am a little bit disappointed that they couldn't start with Jungle Cruise because it's, I mean, it's July 30th, I believe. Mm-hmm. It's not that far off at this point. Yeah, I guess they're playing it a little bit safer by two weeks or whatever, whenever Free Guy launches. But I don't know if I were. This a is not game, an experiment. Let's let's be clear though. This Premier Access is not an experiment. That was bullshit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, obviously. Like Bob Chappick said this was an experiment with when he was doing it. We with both hate Bob Chappick. I don't hate Bob Chappick. We hate I him. Don't... We'll never be friends with him. I don't want to be his friend. I'd be his friend. Oh, yeah. You would just this use him for the money. weird thing to say, though. Look at you. Like Look at you. Ask. You just want to use him for the money. I'm sorry. Do I ask you for money often? No, what but I, I'm not a friend billionaire. Of, I'm not even a friend. That's not, you, what's your definition of being a friend there, pal? Someone that you can rely on. Yeah. Okay. But if I were a betting man, I think what they're going to do is they're going to do that 45-day theatrical window and then put it on Disney Plus as premiere access for 45 days while still keeping it in theaters. Yeah. That's going to be They're not bet. done with premiere access. They're not no. done with it. I, I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they're just their whole angle. And this is like, I, I don't want this to happen and it's possible it won't happen. But honestly, their whole angle is to just make Premier Access the next thing. 
digital first, direct to consumer, is legitimately more profitable than giving a cut to movie theaters. This mm-hmm. is a fact. And this is why I don't like Premier Access, because it's just pushing out the middleman or what Disney might perceive as the middleman. If they do do that thing where they take it out of 45-day ex- exclusively, that's right. If they do take it out of the 45-day exclusivity window and then pass it on to Premier Access while keeping in theaters, honestly, that's like, is, is, are these just stepping stones to stay agile in these mm-hmm. changing times, as I'm sure someone like Bob Chappick would say. But we'll Classic. find out. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen, but I, I must say that I do appreciate them going back to this in 2021. Like they're not waiting to, they're not going to say like, we're going to go back to the theatrical model in 2022 when things are a little bit more normal. No, they're taking a risk a little bit and they're going to do it in 2021. And I, I do appreciate that. So I'll, one, um, one high five to Disney on this one. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Okay, now on to the montage, the sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one, as Variety reports, Network ABC has renewed medical drama Grey's Anatomy for an 18th season. You thought I skipped my weekly Grey's Anatomy update? Boom, I tricked ya. I finished season 11. Goddamn was it a tearjerker. What a great show. I'm excited for more. Number two, as Variety reports, the Disney Plus Miss Marvel TV series has officially finished production in Thailand. Ooh, that's exciting. I'm very curious about this one. Number three, as reported by Variety, always sunny in Philadelphia actor Danny DeVito and Parks and Recreation actor Aubrey Plaza have both been cast in the FXX animated horror comedy series Little Demon. This sounds really interesting. Too bad we can't get it without a Rogers package. Number four... As publication deadline reports, actors Edward Norton, Janelle Monet, and Dave Bautista have been cast in director Ryan Johnson's Netflix Knives Out sequel with actor Daniel Craig. This movie seems like it's bringing in uh, a bunch of big name actors just like the first one did. I'm very excited. I'm all in. I was also cast in this movie too. Huh? Number five, as Canadian tech website Mobile Syrup addressed, the hyped up Friends reunion special will officially release on May 27th on Warner Brothers streaming service HBO Max. There is currently no news to share as to whether the special will also release anywhere day and date in Canada. That's cool for fans of Friends. Number six, as Deadline reports, the 2022 Golden Globes have been cancelled due to resistance to positive change for diversity from governing body the Hollywood Foreign Press. After Tom Cruise returned his Golden Globe Awards, and numerous other actors and networks claimed to boycott the awards, Network NBC finally stated that the awards show would not air in 2022. This is pretty wild. This is nuts, I feel like. But uh, yeah, don't want to dive too deep into it. Just an interesting thing. Number seven, as Variety reports, NBC drama This Is Us will end after its upcoming sixth season. I heard this show makes you cry every episode. Number eight, as reported by The Verge, a sequel to Netflix's Enola Holmes, starring Millie Bobby Brown and Henry Cavill, is officially in the works. That's good. I liked Enola Holmes. Thought it was quite enjoyable. Number nine, as The Hollywood Reporter notes, the Irishman actor Robert De Niro has been cast in the upcoming comedy film loosely based upon comedian Sebastian Meniscalco's life. The film is to be called About My Father, and De Niro is set to play Meniscalco's father. 
Oh, okay. Okay. I don't know who Sebastian is. Never met him. Oh, you've never seen Sebastian Maniscalco? No. Have I? Yeah, you've seen him in things. He's in Green Book as an example, but he's also he's a pretty good comedian. It's worth wa- watching maybe one of his Netflix specials to see if you're, you're into his comedy. Oh, this guy. Yeah, I've seen him before. Number 10. As Deadline reports, 24 actor Kiefer Sutherland has just been cast as operative James Weir in the new Paramount Plus spy drama TV series. Called 48. Does that have a title? I don't know. I don't think so. It's untitled. That's fair. And that concludes the montage. Montage. Cool, man. Cool, 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 cool. What do you got for me? What do you got for me, Adrian? Well, I got new releases for you. Oh, do you now? Yeah, I do. And this is for the week May 17th to May 23rd. So, you know what I'm going to do, Simon, right now, real quick? I'm just going to give a quick update on just what my process is on finding the new releases. I just want to let everyone know. So what I do is I use two resources mostly, m.the-numbers.com, the most reliable source on the internet, and Movie Insider. And then I use the Apple TV app as well as the Cineplex Theater app as well as the Netflix app and uh, the Amazon Prime app. And what I do is I usually look on Movie Insider, m.the-numbers.com, the most reliable source on the internet, and I look down the list of movies. And every movie I see in there, I type into the Apple TV app and I see whether or not it's available for pre-order or if it's a movie that is available. And if it is awesome, I write it down and I put it on the sheet. Uh, And I just go through every single movie. If they don't pop up or I can't find any sort of additional information on where you can access it here in Canada, I've just been leaving them off from here on out. And then I usually go on to the Netflix application and I look at the coming soon. And I look at every single movie that's coming soon and I just write them all down and then I have a bunch of things saved. And then I just put them onto the sheet after they usually do that. And then I'll check out Amazon prime. Amazon prime doesn't have like a coming soon section. So I usually just kind of look online and try to figure out if anything's coming, but simply, but that's usually what I do just to verify what's coming. So I just wanted to update everyone on the process. So if I miss something because my process isn't working, Oh, sorry. If you, if you miss something, your process that you designed is not working. Exactly. So you failed if you miss something. Is that what you just said? No, the process failed. No, the process failed. You designed? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, this is for the week of May 17th to May 23rd. And the first couple movies, they come out on Tuesday, May the 18th. The first movie is a movie called Sadara Ka Grandson, which is a Netflix original movie. And it's about a young man who promises to fulfill his grandmother's last wish. But can he handle it? Question mark. Oh, I don't know. Mm. Can he? I don't know, man. I haven't watched the movie. The next movie that's coming out, though, is a movie called Three Tickets to Paradise. And this is confirmed by the most reliable source on the, in, on the internet, m.the-numbers.com and the Apple TV app. And it's about a mysterious woman, a DEA agent, and a Mexican policeman that go on an adventure to find treasure. Oh, yes. Very interesting. And now the rest of the movies coming out this week are coming out on Friday, May 21st. And the first movie is Army of the Dead, which is confirmed by Netflix and coming out on that streaming service. And this is that Zack Snyder um, zombie movie that's coming out on Netflix. It looks fantastic. I'm super excited for it. Uh, again, he he's proven himself multiple times with his movies. You know, Batman v Superman is a great movie, but especially with the zombie genre and his Dawn of the Dead 
uh, remake movie. So I'm very excited for this. This movie is definitely something I'm going to watch this week and talk about on net next week's episode. So if anyone wants to watch it as well and take part in the conversation, uh, please, uh, please do. And write into us to tell us what you think. Indeed. Um, I imagine you're going to watch this as well. Question mark, Simon. Potentially. We'll see. Yeah. I guess okay. we'll see. Okay, cool. And uh, oddly enough, there's only two movies coming out on Netflix this week. At least what I could find according to the, the Netflix app. Now, mind you, they did update it. So the coming soon, I feel like it's it's a little bit mishmashed. But again, it's I, I went through it and uh, there are only two Netflix movies coming out this week. Whereas next week, there's like 18. Um, anyways, the rest of these movies are pretty much all coming out on video on demand. So the first one is a movie called Blast Beat. And this is confirmed by the most reliable source on, on the internet, m.the-numbers.com and the Apple TV app. And it's about a pair of teenage brothers from Columbia that adapt to their new life in Georgia. Okay. I think the state of Georgia as opposed to the country of Georgia. Now I'm wondering. I didn't actually write that down. Pretty sure it's like United States, Georgia, the state. I see. Mm-hmm. The next movie that's coming out is a movie. All right, then. All right, all right, all right, all right. It's a movie called The Retreat. And this is confirmed by the most reliable source on the internet, m.the-numbers.com and the Apple TV app. And it's about a couple that goes to a cabin in the woods to meet with some friends. But to their surprise, Simon, they instead find an encounter militant extremists group hell-bent on killing them. An encounter militant extremists group? Yeah. What is that? I have no idea. I don't know. I also don't know why the word encounter is in that sentence. Because they're an encounter militant extremists. According to the the the, the write up I read and then put it on the sheet. My write up's not that great either, I'll be honest with you. But I'm wondering if you just tried to remove the word encountered but then kept it in anyway, but wrote find as well. No. Am I crazy? Maybe. Because they instead find encounter militant extremists. I, I mean, I, I could be wrong. Uh, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Um, me neither. Me neither. Who cares? Indeed. <laughs> What's the next movie coming out, buddy? <laughs> Seance. And this is confirmed by the most reliable source on the internet, m.the-numbers.com and the Apple TV app. And it's about a group of girls at an educational academy for girls only invite the new girl to this girls only academy to a seance to talk to the dead students of the past who were also girls. What seemed like a fun girls night turns into a girls morning that involves one of the girls being dead. Whoa. (laughs) Is there ghosts? Is there a girl ghost getting the girls guided? A girl ghost guide girl guide ghost. A girl got a girl ghost guided to girls to get killed. Yep. Next movie. Sound of Violence. This is confirmed by the most reliable source on the internet, m.the-numbers.com and the Apple TV app. This is the sequel to Sound of Metal. They already brought this out. I knew so you were going right. there. Wow. <laughs> wow. It's not. I'm just kidding. This is about a young woman who recovers her hearing at the age of 10 while her parents are being br- brutally murdered in front of her. So she believes that the sounds of intense violence might cure hearing or something. What? Yeah. Seemed it's weird. Crazy. Yeah, it's no. crazy cupcakes. I read that and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> but anyways, uh, the next movie that's coming out is a movie called American Fighter. This is confirmed by Movie Insider and the trailer itself. This is a video on demand movie. So Movie Insider, the website that says that this is an Apple TV Plus original, I couldn't tell if that's actually the case. So uh, um, I'm not too sure. 
what's going on with that. I don't think it is. I couldn't I, I couldn't find that info anywhere else other than Movie Insider. But anyways, this movie actually came out in the UK last year and is available uh, to purchase or I guess download rent whatever in the UK but it's coming out now here in Canada and like the US I guess it's about a kid who joins an underground fighting ring uh, to get some cash money to save his dying mother oh yeah man it's wild it's wild wild stuff the next movie that's coming out is a movie called Into the Darkness, and this is also confirmed by Movie Insider and the Apple TV app as well. This is another video on demand movie, and it's a World War II period piece about a wedge growing between a hardworking business owner, father, and a son that wants to join the resistance movement against the persecution. Pers- against the. Fuck. <laughs> oh, I can't talk, man. <laughs> and oh, is one- that your Winnie the Pooh impression? No, it wasn't, but did it, oh, it kind of. Oh, Oh, I can't. Winnie the Pooh. It wasn't. It it actually wasn't. Oh, bother. Okay. Think, 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 think. Well, I think that the son wants to join a resistance movement against the persecution of commies and Jews. Oh, okay. Yeah. Four good days, Simon. Four good days is all we need. Me and you. Huh? Just to hang out. Four good days, me and you. That's also the name of the next movie, Movie Insider. We don't and hang we- out outside this podcast, or at least we don't talk outside this podcast. No, never do, never do, never will. So never what are you to. referencing here? I say one day, maybe we just need to hang out one day for four days. Silently? One day for four days. Yeah. Not say a single word. Okay. Again, this movie's confirmed by Movie Insider on the Apple TV app, and it's about a daughter dealing with substance abuse um, and like the recovery process and having her mother there uh, helping her. Mila Kunis is actually the uh, the daughter suffering from substance abuse. Oh, all right. Mm-hmm. This next movie is super interesting because I didn't hear about this until recently. It's a movie called Riders of Justice. This is confirmed by the Apple TV app. I forget which source I got this off of initially. I just found a screenshot in my uh, camera roll. Uh, and this is a video on demand movie. You know who this movie stars? Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, Mads Mikkelsen is in this baby. He's in it. He's an army man. He's forced to come home after the tragic death of his wife to care for his daughter. However, he's a sex. He's 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 he blah, 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 blah. he suspects he's a sex. He's he's a sex. That's what you said. He's a sex. Yeah, I didn't. He's mean a sex. To, I know you son of a gun. I didn't mean to, <laughs> but he suspects foul play was involved in his wife's death, and now he goes on a mission to find the truth. A brutal mission to find the truth. He does look really badass. Yeah, I know. With that beard. Yeah, the movie's rated well, too. I, I kind of want to watch this. I wonder if this is also a Danish movie. I don't actually look into that. There's also a character in this movie, like a guy who really kind of looks like the Danish version of Seth Rogen. Mm. So it is a Danish movie. Oh, it is. Sorry. I, I'm yeah. sorry. I didn't answer that. I was looking at the picture. I mean, you did. The Seth Rogen lookalike, lookalike you, here. You, you did answer it, but not, not, in, like a, not a direct. Hold answer. on. O- open it. Open the, open the picture of, this, of the cast. You'll, I think you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. Just on Google? Yeah, just look up. Just type in Writers of Justice and look at the first photos that come up. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about immediately. Immediately. The guy looks like... Although, yeah, Mads does look pretty badass. It looks like a Taken movie where... His family dies. It's also a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. I thought it was like 80 something. This looks awesome. I might watch this as well. 
94 yeah. percent audience score people liking this movie that's mickelson that's mickelson is not you know he he kind of blew up because of his uh his great acting in in english but now he's just getting very popular because of his acting in in danish you know he's fantastic i love mads mickelson and finally the last movie coming out this week is a movie mickelson called- mickelson mads mickelson final account is the last movie coming out this week and it's uh this is confirmed by the cineplex application this is coming to theaters it's a documentary with interviews involving the last living generation of hitler's third reich reich yeah yeah okay Mm-hmm. that's it that's all that's it that's all i got for you man that's it we're done no more i'm over it no more movies coming out this week nothing you got nothing thank you for putting together that list of movies um wow wow just wow <laughs> thanks man you're welcome i implore you all audience that if you liked what you heard on this episode, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, TuneIn, iHeartRadio. Uh, we are available on all of these services. If you like one over the other, subscribe on that one. And uh, I appreciate you joining me today, Adrian. Do you have anything I, to add before we let our audience go? Um, not, not really. I appreciate you uh, allowing me to join you, Simon. I, I love spending time with you. Um, because again, we don't talk outside this podcast. It's just nice, uh, nice to chat. It's nice to chit chat with you, my friend there. Uh, yeah. Leave us a nice review on, uh, iTunes as well, please. We are currently at seven ratings at five stars, seven all ratings. Wow. Five stars. We're amazing. We're the best. <laughs> so many. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah it's wow. so much. Keep it coming, baby. Keep it coming. Indeed. Thank you for listening to the 46th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this is Adrian Pinter signing off. Hey gang, it's uh, me about to sign off, and I just want to let you know that Mads McKelson isn't the only word I, words I know how to pronounce. Uh, Batman v Superman is a good movie is, 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 is also other words that I know how to pronounce. And yeah, that's, it's, great, it's a great movie. Thank you very much. Take care. Goodbye. Mickelson. Goodbye. Mikelson. Goodbye. Take care.